Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and our newest show, The Catch. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the night that we call TGIT. And today we have, oh gosh, I've known this person for 13 years, 13 or 14 years. Probably, yeah. I owe my career to a large degree to her because without her, we wouldn't have one of these shows, which is so exciting, which is, of course, the fabulous Grey's Anatomy because none of these other shows were on the air 12 years ago. Let's just be honest. Chandra Wilson, who also obviously directs for us and is incredible at that, also, which you guys know, plays Miranda Bailey on the fine show Grey's Anatomy, is sitting on my sofa. She's on my sofa. You were so good at that. I just see. What you know, you do? I'm like, wow, it's a new Betsy. It's a new Betsy. It's, <laughs> yet Betsy remains so old. At the same time, so new. You know, it's it's incredible You're how like I can be this with the time. This I know it's so 2008 for me to be doing a podcast. <laughs> Isn't it? It's amazing. Chandra, today you are wearing an awesome outfit. Yay! I mean, it's a jumpsuit. It's a jumpsuit. Yeah. She's got on this really cute gray sleeveless jumpsuit with sort of a little drapey front. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you need flares. You need little flares on a jumpsuit or else it's beautiful and in terms of... it makes you real cute. It makes like, it really it's super sudden, cute. Yeah. And then kind of a little bit of a woolly gray material. You got to have the stretchy. The stretchy. And so apparently... It um, fits all. It's, that's great. And also, I guess... Exercise and lounge wear is now sort of becoming full wear. Exactly, because you may be inspired to do a jumping jack you might. out of the blue. Or take or a nap. Or not. Or take a nap. Take a nap. And it or works for It works for one. both, yes, which is really good. And she's actually wearing clogs, which... Now, is Dr. Miranda Bailey, do you wear clogs? She's a clogger. She's yeah. a clogger. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when we first started, we had these debates about some of you guys were the, the, the sneakers with, uh -huh. with the weird backs that made it easier to walk, or right, you right. worked your cabs differently. Or with the little pump thing. The little pump thing. The, the and then I think Sandra wore Nikes a lot or she right. wore sneakers. Mm -hmm. How long have you been a clog lady? Since the beginning. I had little pink clogs. You had pink clogs. I remember the, the pink clogs. Yeah. And then they turned red. And now they're a really nice floral they're arrangement. Floral. Yeah. Floral arrangement. <laughs> Are you enjoying those clogs? <laughs> well, you know, it's They good. don't show the blood because <laughs> there's don't. so much of a exactly. kind of pattern. Yeah, probably. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you never saw the blood with the red clogs. And they were red with little gold trimming. Sounds very yeah, nice. Just, you know, hey. <laughs> this no. sounds really good. Well, I'm glad to see that you sort of transferred them into your, your private life. But I have to say, those are sort of more leathery clogs. They are, and they have a harder sole. You don't have to stand for hours I don't performing have fake surgery. For, clog or not, that hurts standing for it hours does, right? in fake surgery. Yes, Do they put gel? or anything on the floor of those no. jelly mats? No, not even. I'm and gonna then be I'm always like up on a Bailey stool or a bulky stool actually in there. And for because Bulky's little too. Because Bulky's little and just to be elevated for whatever reason makes it harder to stand for long periods of time. If I was on the floor, I could do it for like maybe 45 minutes longer. But being on the stool hurts more. I'm just gonna say, I think that's height discrimination. <laughs> I think when Bailey operates, everybody should have to go down to Bailey's everybody level. Everybody should come down. Yeah, bring like, the table down. Bring the table and down. And I also think yeah. now that you're chief, honestly, everybody should constantly <laughs> kneel. be lower than they you. They should kneel. Which means it would be super awesome. I think that'd be great. You're fine. You're just tossing some salad, <laughs> talking about stuff, and everybody else is like having a really hard time. I'm that's glad a, we thought about that's this. That's a nice gonna, plot point. Very good. Gonna, um, thank you so much. I don't, I don't think very much that way, but I'm glad I could have contributed something for the writers and the storytellers for our fine television program. Now, you guys hopefully just watched this amazing double episode. There's a fine, fine line. It's the first episode. And a lot happens. A lot happens. I mean, <laughs> it's sort of like within these two episodes, 
you first of all, I think we watch the hardest thing Bailey's ever have to deal with as chief. Mm -hmm. Well, you haven't chief that long. The, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've dealt with some but bad it's, stuff. It's personal and professional. It was first of all that you had to make the call the on that code pink. With the, right. No, I don't want never want to be in that situation. The guilt call that Karev gave oh, her. The total <laughs> guilt call, which is terrible. And then Ben went rogue. Again. Yeah, this is kind of turning into a this little bit of a thing. This is little pattern. But Bailey's been put in a kind of hideous position. And then the reality, when you see what happened with the elevator, mm -hmm. the, the whole thing just keeps getting worse and worse. I yeah. mean, I'm so relieved when you finally Omar pulls out. We needed something, we right? Needed we something needed a good point. thing. Yeah. And also, I just worry about those kids. With yeah. The, but the relationship, I, like the relationship with you and Jason George is so great anyway. And it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And there's all this other stuff going on. I mean, I'm not trying to minimize everything else that's going on. It, that just where you end up getting with this is so grisly. It's interesting because, you know, Bailey needed to take a position. So it wasn't about, you know, marriage, husband. It's about, okay, what would happen if this was anybody else? And I love the fact that I, I think my favorite thing that I had to say was in the second part, which was, uh, no, I wanted to fire you. They talked me, <laughs> they talked me down. I loved that. I loved that. Because, I mean, that, that is her truth. That is her truth. And that she still is giving special treatment. And that Ben needs to understand that. You know, he's kind of playing the righteous role of what it is to be a doctor, as he explains to the committee. Yep. You know, you guys understand this. You've been in that position. You know what it's like when everything else is grayed out around you and all you're doing is focusing on that thing that you have to fix. Bailey's had enough when he keeps bringing the subject back around to him and his studies. And and the time that he's going to lose as a surgeon, as opposed to where's your remorse for this woman mm -hmm. and this kid that got, okay, so if I can't see that, right. then you're not learning your lesson yet. You're not learning your lesson. So how do you teach your husband Ugh. a lesson that you would normally teach your students? You know what I mean? Totally. So it, it's an interesting line that It's also walking. a weird thing with Ben anyways, because he was an anesthesiologist mm -hmm. and he had all this other experience. He walked into this entire situation with a kind of privilege anyway, which anyway. came from being older mm -hmm. and seeing what was going on. That's not saying you're old, Jason. Just <laughs> oh, dur. You said dur. Dur. I did. <laughs> She's got my back. I said dur. But the whole approach from him has been, I'm not going to say that overconfident is, but over a little overconfident, a little bit absolutely sure that he's always making the right decision. Certainly. Because when this happened once before. everything that he's watched yes. over the years, right? So yeah, he does feel like he has a world experience knowledge. So when it happened with the clipboard, yep. with the guy, and in, in his opinion, it's doing what needs to be done for, for the patient. And he's very righteous about that, which turns into kind of self-righteous and unapologetic because in his opinion, opinion, he's doing what is best for the patient. So how do you deal with that kind of ego as chief of surgery? You have to tame it some kind of way or or try to or yep. you fire the person because it's like you're uh, it, it's great that you're able to do all of that but this is a hospital and we are responsible everything that you do we're responsible for and this is really when you look at it the first time with except there have been a couple of brief exceptions but the first time there's been a chief of surgery married to essentially an intern right right so, right 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 I and there's derek and meredith but that was a really tricky situation because mm -hmm. he was he wasn't chief of surgery when she started. Right. I mean, she was a resident by the time he had exactly. to assume the position I mean, Richard, though, I think. In a way, I mean, the thing is, given the fact you're chief of surgery and he was so supportive of it, he's got a lot to prove. And it feels to me like he just has a lot to prove to mm -hmm. 
everybody. But at the same point, there seems to be, I don't think it's that he takes advantage of the situation, but it's a little bit, I think, like he expected that he would get better treatment. Support right away. You know, what's interesting, in, in 17 and I were the face, Bailey and Ben had that, you know, moment where she was yeah, saying, yeah. why didn't you apply yeah. for the permanent grant? And he's like, well, no, I'm not gonna do that to my family. I'm not gonna go away. It's your turn right now, is what he tells her. It's your turn. But then he still has to find his way. He still needs to find where he's important. I think even the whole episode with the taxes. And <laughs> Which I love, by the way. <laughs> And, oh, our status has changed. Like, that really bothered him as a man. Yep. You know, the fact that the tax statuses were so different. Yep. So, you know, I, I don't want to say that he needs to prove himself as a man in the hospital, but he certainly is looking to find his place and doesn't want to get behind, you know, where anybody else is. I, you know, I get it from a surgeon's point of view. Yeah, I do too. And also the thing that makes a really good surgeon usually is that, absolute confidence mm -hmm. and surety yeah. that he is doing the right thing. You have to have it to a certain extent because you don't get to be ambiguous. You know, whatever decision you make, you have to go for it 100%. No, we've seen that on the show over and over and over again that as soon as doubt is called, you essentially debilitate yourself in a way. And it's why all these guards are up. It's, it's fascinating to watch a marriage try to keep going mm -hmm. when the wife has just basically told the husband that he has to go home and fold laundry. <laughs> you can be anywhere you want to, but just not in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's a good point. And meanwhile, we've got the whole, the whole incredibly complicated relationship that's going on between Penny and Arizona yeah. and Callie. And Callie. And those decisions, which are just screwy-patooey. But monumental decisions, that everybody's perspective is so different on it, you know? It's interesting, is Penny isn't really trying to force the issue either way, right? But it's really interesting to say, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'll pick up my daughter and move across country and so we can keep this thing going and see what that's like. So of course Arizona is gonna look at that strangely. She's gonna look at it like, well, regardless of whether it's spontaneous or not, you, you kind of don't get to do that with our kid. With Arizona and Callie, everybody sort of has the best intentions, but they always end up stepping in it in one form or another. Yeah. It just feels chronic. And that Arizona's recently been really putting herself out in situations where it's not necessarily appropriate, April. Right, right. I mean, it was fine. It's okay. But it's just... It definitely feels like this whole Penny, Arizona, Cali thing is, I, I, I'm, I'm just concerned for everybody. Nobody's really on the same page. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> it. Right? They're all kind of going in this direction, but nobody's really on the same page. No. And it's, I think mm -hmm. the hard stuff hasn't been said, which is logistically, emotionally, how is any of this going to work? Yeah. I think the great thing about Callie as a character is Callie's so romantic. Callie just... She's all in. She's all yeah. in. I mean, she's sort of the opposite of Miranda in a lot of ways. Miranda, I feel like she takes her time, she thinks about things, and she really analyzes them. Weighs some pros and Weigh, some cons. Exactly. Here, and, yeah. I mean, the marriage to Ben right there was like, I super identified with like, <laughs> she'll have chicken or fish. I was like, what should I do? <laughs> What's more important, is this gonna is this gonna hurt who I am? I think there's something about Callie that loves love so much. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. her face just lights up and, yeah. and Sada's so amazing in that role. 
and when she decides to go with it. Maybe it's that both Kelly and Arizona are really impetuous in their own ways, in different ways, but they both seem to kind of operate emotionally at moments. Right, which is, I'm sure, something that initially kind of drew them together. Together, but now maybe causing just a teeny tiny bit of friction. Just a teeny tiny bit of friction. And then you got April and Jackson, which I don't even know. Their little story. (laughs) Their little story. But I do like the way that, that ended though in yep. 19 like with him just with so him saying just... the person that we signed this agreement with yep. that was my best friend so i want to go back to talking to her and i want to be that guy again and that was great yeah. you know it's like take all the crap away let's remember who we were initially not even saying we're going forward with a relationship or whatever who were those people and then let's talk to them let's let's bring them See? out and that was great now when you're acting, do you also direct in your head as you're no. acting? Do you, it's Absolutely just a, not. You just let it go. You know, I have a different awareness of the room, that kind of thing, but I never know where cameras are going to be, and I certainly can never second guess what another director has in mind. You know, I haven't been to any of the meetings. I don't know <laughs> what the tone is. <laughs> you know, I don't know if they have a color scheme in mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like I can't then step in and say, well, you're going to come like this? You know, it's like I, I have no idea you know where the concept of their shots are coming from so I'm firmly Dr. Miranda Bailey in those moments. What was the hardest scene to shoot for you in the those two episodes that we just watched? Mm-hmm. I thought it would have been, you know, working with the little girl that played Jasmine because it was so she oh. was so direct with what she needed and uh, you have some money and just giving her all the money. <laughs> I originally thought it was going to be that, but she was just such a treat. Man, I don't know what the hardest was. Like arguing with Ben is fun. And like I said, my, my favorite thing was to say I would fired you. They so talked I think, me down. I think as opposed to the hardest scene, the, the most fun scene. The, the most fun Just scene. change that question <laughs> while we're asking. And a shout out to Asia Mene Ray, who yeah, I think yeah, played Jasmine. Yeah. I mean, who's she was lovely. such a talented kid. Absolutely. Just right there and honest. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I can't talk down to this kid. I just have to speak the truth to her. That's that's what this character is looking for. And that, you know, that just breaks your heart. I know, it's such a good little actress. And I always think those little kid actors, like, they have to be. They have to really in the moment. But I wonder. I wonder if any of it ever affects them when they go home. You she know? like turns it off as soon as cut. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> really she was like, she had she no part of that. Trying to hold on. To, no, uh-uh. it was just a gig. The thing that I always look at and I will never stop looking at is how the guest actor deals with being intubated. As you guys all know, during surgery, there's the, you know, the little piece of tubing that gets stuck in the mouth and there's tape and there's a whole nine yards. I got to say, it always looks really uncomfortable to me. I think it's very uncomfortable. And I don't, there's been a few actors who have, you know, talked about the the level of discomfort. And I I know I always say with casting, I'm like, let people know if they're going to be on the operating table or if they're going to be intubated because, you know, you might get somebody that's really claustrophobic we've had a few of those where it was like really difficult to lay there and I get really like mother hennish with those actors and stand there with water and you know just to make sure that you know just to keep the air flowing we bring over the wardrobe fan you know just to have some kind of air come in because you can you know it can make you really anxious and we're good about as soon as we say cut Linda Klein, our medical technician, will come right over and take the taping off. We're really good about that, and we have been over the years. Yeah, you made me feel a lot better. Because <laughs> yeah. um, we talk them through it, you know, say this is what's about to happen, this is what it's going to feel like. So and it's like being a real doctor. Yeah, well, no, they just come in and do they the thing. They actually just <laughs> yeah, yeah. explain anything to uh-uh. you. Are you kidding? You guys are way better. 
anything that I have to do with, with the actors, I'll say, okay, so all you're gonna feel for me is this, this, and this every time. That's it, this, this, and this. And then they know what to expect. You know, it's not weird for them to lay there. That is the nicest thing I've heard in a really long time. <laughs> really good. Good. And I hope the other actors do that too. I suspect, they do. Yeah, I suspect yeah. one or two of them probably have forgotten from time to time. <laughs> oh, real person on the table, real person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do this. Like, oh, wait, not a dummy. Not a dummy. Not a dummy. Well, not surprisingly, we have five billion fan questions. So Yay. let me ask you some of them. Lynn's at um, Peace Love Grays wants to know how do you think Ben has changed Bailey? Um, B- Bailey lost the belief in stability after her divorce. The the promises that were made to her was, look, you can go to school. That's cool. I'm going to do this thing. Blah, blah, and we'll grow together. And that didn't happen. She ended up growing apart in her first marriage. And Ben says, I get it. You know, I understand you. As a matter of fact, I want to be a lot like you. I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing and I'm going to go and do medical school. So you don't have to keep explaining yourself to me. You just be you. So he allows her to have stability and he allows her to be confident in their marriage. Like she doesn't have to keep questioning their marriage, Mm -hmm. even if they're fighting. It's like that's a separate issue. Although she is seeing him a little differently through this whole situation, Her, her asking him, if he has remorse, it's, it's revealing his personality. You know, you, you don't know everything about your spouse and you get married, you think you do, mm-hmm. but it's interesting the things that she's seeing rise up out of his personality yeah. through this experience. But, you know, it still hasn't taken away the stability. So it feels like they're going to be going through changes and are can it continue to evolve because... I, mean, I guess you have to. You have to I love that we explore that. Yeah, yeah have, everything isn't great all the time, but it's about how do you deal with that. And I think right. that they've decided that regardless of how they're going to deal with it, they are together. You mm-hmm. know, he's got to sleep on the couch, but... <laughs> together. (laughs) That's a good point. Now, Julia Plantain at Jules Shondaland wants to know, who do you wish you had more scenes with? Oh, wow. TV's Arizona Robbins and I talk about this a lot because, you know, when, <laughs> yeah, when, when we started, we had a lot of scenes together because remember, That's Bailey totally was going to yeah. do that little peeps yeah. thing for a minute. Yeah, so, you, had a, you had a nanosecond of peeps. I had a nanosecond of peeps. And that was really exciting for her. So Jessica and I talk a lot about how we spent so much time together in the beginning when she first got there and we don't hardly see each other anymore. So it'd be nice to... Okay, writers, are you listening to this? Come on. we got a Just season coming up where way back to each other. it seems to me like there could be some general surgery help in the Peds department, <laughs> right? Um, Charisse at Reza Q's wants to know, what has been your favorite episode to direct so far? And what's your favorite part of directing? Oh my gosh, my favorite. Um, well, I, I think probably uh, 720, which was the Arizona Cali wedding because of the time limit. I had a day, basically, or a day and a half. I had a, I had a night and the next day yeah. to shoot that wedding. Yeah, the wedding guys, and was, the reception. It was vicious. It was amazing. That was like one of the most aerobic things you've ever done. <laughs> And, and yeah, because I was officiating you the were, thing at the same like, time. It was ridiculous. So like shots were so planned and it was like, we're doing, th- everybody be patient, but we're doing this and then this <laughs> and then this. Let's go. 
you know, and we were watching the sun the whole time. Going, okay, the sun is over there. I got time for this and this and this. It was it was actually pretty doggone amazing. And as soon as we wrapped that night, because we had like a hard 2 a.m. or a hard 1.30, something like that, we had to be done so that trucks could get out. The rain started to come, like right at the end and oh on our gosh. last shot. So we were like, you know, we missed it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so genius. Well, in a weird way too, it's so much fun about those situations is you do all this planning, but then you also have to be nimble. Absolutely. Like it's all about flexibility when you direct because I think though you can always sort of tell when there's somebody who's just starting out because they've made a plan and they're very, very desperate to stick to their plan. And then when you throw a bunch of like curveballs at them, Mm -hmm. all the color drains out of their face. It gets to be really fun when you've done it a few times, you think I can handle this. Yeah, that speaks to the second part of her question is I I very much so at the beginning had my little charts on each of my little scenes and I placed people where I needed them to be based on where I knew the cameras needed to be. And I had to learn how do you allow for that flexibility? How do you allow for when an actor comes in and says, you know what, I, you know, I don't see it that way at all. I feel like I would be over here leaning against the wall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And my immediate thought process is never, why is she going over there to that wall? It's okay, where, how do I shoot that? How do I accommodate that based on what I've already set up? Mm-hmm. Or do I just need to scrap the piece of paper altogether and, and come in differently? Mm-hmm. The, the main thing that I've learned is the bodies, when the bodies come in the room, they mess up everything because you get it all planned out of your head. Yes, three people can sit on this couch and blah, blah, and then the bodies come in and mess that up because the three people can't sit. You on actors, that couch. you actors just end up screwing everything <laughs> up. Just mess it up. I'm just just gonna say it's so that's just why ridiculous. You have to you know allow for flexibility for that and thinking on your feet. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, Ashley, with Grey's and More Grey, we appreciate you asking the same question because that was a popular question here. Yay. Oh, there's so many good questions. This is really, really fun. Okay, so Ellen P. News wants to know, and Ellen P. News, what brought you to Grey's Anatomy? Uh, a regular audition mm-hmm. in New York. I went on tape up at ABC with, um, was it Rosalie? Might have been Rosalie. Joseph? Yeah, 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 who had seen me many times in New York for, you know, other things over the years. And they were looking for a short, white, blonde female. That was me. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> I went in. Small fact, you guys, we never put descriptions of any of our characters. It's all colorblind casting. With the exception. Except of Bailey. Or Dr. or what was her name? It wasn't Miranda. It wasn't Miranda. It was, um, oh, that's a good trivia Damn, question. we should know this too. That's a good trivia um, but question. But we actually described it as a soft, fluffy, blonde bunny. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Which is hysterical. <laughs> like just a little cuddly blonde. That was the last we thought of that. Yeah. Because it just, it was a perfect was example of why colorblind casting works. Right, right. Even then, I think that that was, that was just a weird aberration. Yeah. It was literally, because I remember when we saw your tape and mm. your tape was all so it was, good. was the tape. Basically, all I had for that was, so I got the short part. I don't know what any of these other things mean. And Nazi to me meant, okay, how I'm perceived by everybody else. So the performance that I will give is the one that will leave you thinking, geez, okay, I don't want to spend too much time around this You're scary chick. as hell. <laughs> You're scary as hell. And you perfected immediately this glare, which was the thing I remember best about that was you were just, this tape came up and you were like teeny tiny you were wearing it wasn't sweatpants but you were wearing like a you were wearing something which was sort of like a very kind of neutral top that was sort of the same as your pants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you look and you think okay there's this oh my god 
Because immediately you did the... My teacher glare. The seven rules or... Well, yeah, I got five rules. Five rules? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should get speech. my numbers right. I yeah, got five yeah, rules. Yeah. And you whipped through that and yeah. it was like, oh, just, we're, they were done now. It was done. We, from that point on, we did everything you told us. <laughs> But now you're making up stories. There's a, well, There's a we, we, we do almost everything you tell us. <laughs> Shonda says the same thing. We just we like, the we like ask, ask Chandra Wilson what she thinks. Oh then we God. can go off of that. So it's it's all good. <laughs> Ellen P. News also wants to know if you could be any other character in any of the Shondaland shows, what would you be? Um, I, I couldn't play him at all, but I find him so fascinating. Huck, just because right? he's a little insane. And I love it. A little. I just love <laughs> the level of insanity. You know, his eyes will go and do the thing when you know, yes. oh, okay, he's deep. He's deep right now. <laughs> As opposed to when he's just in calm mode, watching Javi on the screen play soccer. And then there's the when the eyes go and you're like, okay, somebody's dying. The eyes go. There was an episode oh, recently where he was, get cut. he was watching a lot of soccer well, and then the eyes Javi, went dead. And the eyes went. Yeah, they went, they like, just oh, went. oh, that's so-and-so. So, so like, bad. Ooh. It's like, oh, that was bad. So and so you you finna die. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> so and so finna die. He's, he's the master of the quick eye flip. It's a, the, the quick eye flip is that just how not, we do it? I'm it's just a, I just made that up, but it's like he flips his eyes. Yeah, to different you know eyes. On. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. I think all of us kind of wonder what it would be like to be in Huck's brain for like be for a, minute. a minute, just, just a, a minute. minute, and then back off. Just back off. <laughs> Like, Huck on surveillance is exactly. okay. That, that's calm, Huck. Huck on surveillance. Speaking Not about, Huck on a mission. Um, Kim at Scandal Fan NL wants to know, what do you like to do in your free time? Uh, do you have any free time? Supposing that there is such a thing. Because <laughs> you know there's jobs No, there's that job thing. Kids three different ages, they need three completely different things. Uh, in a perfect world, I'd be reading more, and I would, you know, let some sun hit my face every now and then. I would arrange to meet up with friends more. Yeah. And those are the things that I neglect. Like, you need to have that fun time when you're having, like, grown people conversation. Absolutely. And not just talking about homework, like that kind of, and, and that's the stuff that ends up on the back burner a lot for me because when I have downtime, then I'm down. I'm stretched out on something. I am reclining and it's feeling really good. Like, you yeah. know, give me a quick 22 minute nap and I am set for the day, that kind of thing. So you, you have a low bar. There's like, it like it but, yes, but I know, I know but the feeling, like which is. There's like always something. There's yep. something on the desk. There's something to be read. And you know, it takes me a minute to read things just because and it always has. That's like probably where the performing me came from because I have to like really act out scripts and act out books and like read them aloud in order to absorb them otherwise I read the same chapter five times yeah. before I can move on yeah know, to the next thing and and I'm very proud it's not going to change it at all but I do have to factor in at least my two hours a day to catch up on the soaps that I missed earlier yeah right so that two hours that theoretically could have been reading a book but, but I need to know what's happening I mean, and I feel the same way about my real estate shows. You know what I'm saying? People are flipping and flopping. You got to watch that. And just moving. And give it your full I got to support my people mm -hmm. who are trying to make a decision which of the three houses they're going to pick. <laughs> they're going to pick. Even though they already know what house they chose, but I don't care because I don't. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, last question is Bina at BB. Have you ever dreamed in character? Oh, as Dr. Bailey? Yep. No. Not even, no, not That's even a, sign a little bit. That's a of health. 
she's very separate from me. Like I've, I've, I've been able to watch Grey's Anatomy from the very beginning and I never watch it going, ooh, Chandra, blah, blah, blah. Always been able to watch it as that woman. But I've never watched it like critical to me because she's very, very, she's a very different when, when person than I am. When your kids watched it, if they watch it, uh -huh. was there ever a point of confusion of like looking at you on TV and then looking at you? No, no, they understand it's different. Like my son will say, oh, that's you on TV playing the doctor. Like he knows that I'm doing something different. But once Bailey got married, then my girls were like, uh-uh, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch you mess, mess around with a guy. <laughs> dude, yeah. Can I tell you, I've now had that conversation with more kids from more of the shows. Really, really? They're weird. And it's, you know, with our Netflix generation of kids, you know, well, that are all watching catching the show. up. I think Kevin was talking about that, where his daughter's friends, like, all crazy about him and thinking that he's all good looking. And his daughter's like, ew, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's just, that's hysterical. That's hysterical. Well, I figured Jason's kids must be getting to be that age too. You know, yeah, it's like where people are commenting on it. Yeah. And I know Tom Verrick is. It's like it's funny. It's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom was unbelievable. About that too. Unbelievable. Oh well, thank you so much for coming and doing this. Yeah. And spending a little time with me on a on a day in my office. Normally, I have to pay people to do this. So it's See nice there? Of you to do that. Yeah. Oh, did, oh, you you pay I could, people? I could have. Thank not, you for not, telling me after the fact. Not to do the um, podcast, <laughs> just to you know. In oh, general. just to come and visit. Oh. Yeah, it's sad. Now, next time on Grace, the episode is called Trigger Happy, uh, which will tell you something a little bit about the episode. This is really an episode of Grace you don't want to miss. It's incredibly moving and emotional, and it's a really important episode. So everybody try to watch it in real time if you can. Um, that's Thursday, April 21st at 8 o'clock on ABC. And on Scandal, we have a fine television program called Till Death Do Us Part. Oh, there's so many big surprises on this. I'm not even going to ruin it for you. And I do this every single time I have a podcast and I don't tell you anything because it's just super important that you watch this. Let's just say there's a life-changing moment. It was a life-changing one in the last, you know, Scandal's crazy. Scandal is crazy. Scandal, <laughs> scandal they just keep changing scandal's lives. Scandal's kind of crazy. Over and over and over again. That is Thursday, April 21st at 9 o'clock. And that is also on ABC, which isn't a coincidence. It's still on ABC. And um, the next time in the catch, it's called The Laragan Gambit. And I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right. We're all looking at each other. I'm looking at Holly. I'm looking at Kua. I think I should know it too. Well, it's a show about a gambit. And I believe it's the Laragan Gambit. And Alice, it's got Alice and Valerie discovering some pretty intense stuff about a client. And I don't know what's going on with the Ben. That Ben and Margo relationship, you've got to check this out. It's such a good show. Like, you know what? After you've seen all the medical from the Grey's Anatomy and you've watched the scandally, scandalous scandal stuff where there's all that stuff going on with the... <laughs> people doing those things. The catch is like drinking champagne. It's yeah. like after you've had a big meal of excellent television, you have this delicious, bubbly, phenomenally fun show that you can just sit and watch. And, and it's a perfect way to end the night. And you could even tweet if you wanted to. And that's Thursday, April 21st at 10 o'clock on ABC. Thanks again to EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen of the podcast every Thursday night. Thank you so much, EW. Thank you. And also you can subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast episode is available on Friday evenings. The Shondaland Revealed podcast will be back next week with another episode. Okay, you guys, there is the most incredibly special guest host next week, who I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's a really good guest host. And you're going to love him so much that when I come back, oh my there'll probably be a letter writing campaign to keep this person on. <laughs> but they're so good. So wait and see what that is. Until then, this is Betsy Beers saying take care of yourself. Bye-bye.